0: Blob Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. Good evening, everyone. Uh, this is Deb with uh, Media Night Radio. As everyone knows, we are going to be talking with Anthony Ru- Ruizar, uh this evening about his uh, many uh, acting things that he's been doing. He can be recognized from the TNT primetime drama Southland where he portrayed Hank Lucero, who met his demise at the hands of a drug dealer. The episode titled Chaos, which was based off of the Onion Fields incident, was a very riveting and powerful episode, which gave an inside look into the world of a cop being taken hostage and the consequences they endure as a result of their job of protecting the masses. But before Southland, Rumi Revar, breakthrough role, came when he started in the nighttime action drama, Third Watch, which centers around the life of police officers, paramedics, and firemen in a fictional town in New York City. Ruivar enjoyed a six-year run as FDNY paramedic Carlos Nieto. After Third Watch, he stayed in the daytime drama and actually uh, portrayed a police officer or detective, which was highlighted on such series as Numbers, Colonel Minds, CSI crime scene investigation, etc. Ruizvar is now busy with the Cinematic Kit noir esque drama Banshee from True Blood's Alan Ball and House's Greg Yatain, portraying the character of Alex Longshadow, the son of Kinahaw tribe chief Benjamin Longshadow. Let's welcome to the airway Anthony Ruizvar.
1: Hi, Anthony. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Good. You had a lot of names in that. <laughs>
0: yes. Well, you've you worked with many talents in the business and you work with some really heavy hitters.
1: Yeah, no, I'm just talking about all the, the last names and pronunciations and stuff. It's hilarious. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, that's kind no, of how you have I'm to. Look, I'm completely used to it. I, my last name always gets. Rah, 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 rah. I totally get it. <laughs> Okay. You can call you can call me Anthony. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that would work. <laughs> okay. So let's
0: start this out. You were born in Honolulu, Hawaii. Correct.
1: What do you remember most about your childhood? Um, well, Hawaii is a magical place. It's I didn't realize how magical it was until I left for college, and then I'd come back, and then I'd realize that the um, Ocean just kind of is a battery you know it it re- recharge me um it's just a magical, beautiful place unlike any a, a, any other place um my father uh is a musician um so he did a nightly show in um Waikiki in uh the outrigger showroom called the society of seven um and they'd go on tour a lot, so I'd always go on tour with him uh so A, I got to travel a lot um, with him and kind of see things outside of the island. And B, you know, I kind of grew up in an entertainment family, so I guess it was in my blood um, springing from Hawaii.
0: Oh, yeah, from a very young age, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I basically grew up in nightclubs and and on the road and backstage and whatnot. So, uh, you know, I've always been around it.
0: Okay, so so is that what your uh, kind of upbringing is? That what led to your your decision to choose acting as your profession? Then in that in that genre,
1: yeah, that and the girls. <laughs> <laughs> no, I went to an I went to an all male uh, Jesuit academy uh, in Hawaii, and I remember the first um, I, they were having auditions for a play at the all girls. Cool. so it seemed like a great idea of like how to you know mix uh uh you know mix with uh girls at the time um but you know all joking aside i I got the bug and that was it like I did a play and you know having grown up in a in a entertainment family, my father's a musician, my uncle uh did broadway um in New York, and I went straight um drama so yeah definitely that, that's how it, uh, I was influenced by it oh yeah absolutely
0: um well can you tell us I mean obviously your your uh, journey to uh you know the entertainment profession was uh you know obviously from childhood but can you tell us about your first acting job that you got in the business
1: my first acting job, um, my first job. I got out of school, and um, I went on two auditions, um, and one was for uh, the Royal Shakespeare Company, and uh, was was doing. Um, oh, I forget the name of the, I forget the name of the play. I think it was it was uh, much to do about nothing or something like that, okay. and. Uh, the other was this CBS pilot called Island Guy, and at the time it was produced by the guy who did Major Dad. Um, and I got both, but I couldn't do both. So right, right from the jump, I kind of I had to, had to choose, you know, whether I do theater or, or film or television. Um, not a lot of people at the time were bouncing back and forth, uh, and coming from a, a theater uh, school uh, where we did nothing but theater, it was a really difficult you know, difficult choice, but um I ended up, you know, doing the, the sitcom, um, where I played the you know, the, the the lead character. I guess they were looking for somebody for a really long time and it wasn't until I got out of school uh that they saw me and then they went, Oh, you know, it was Cast contingent, they got their guy, um, then put me on this long holding contract until they got it all together and then we ended up, you know, shooting it um, but I was kind of shot out of a cannon, you know, going from theater school, you know, right into the thick of Hollywood, California, sound stages, sitcom, the whole nine yards. Um, it didn't go, uh, but it was that was like my first kind of experience in the in the industry. You with Ernest Borgnine. How's
0: that? Oh wow! Well, that's yeah, it was that's, amazing. Absolutely. Now, what did that? Um, what did that experience teach you about the business that you've been able to like carry forward from there?
1: Um, you know, the majority of my learning has been on the job. When I, you know, I went to great, you know, theater um, training program. They teach you all the skill sets that you need, but what they don't teach you is the, you know, the business angle. Uh, they don't teach like when I graduated. I didn't know the difference between a casting director and a manager and an agent. Um, so you know, I didn't know what a, a mark was. I didn't know you know how camera setups work. I didn't you know know ang- camera angles and things like that. So it, for me, it was all on-the-job training. You know, just kind of learning the the skills of the trade. Um, um, but you know, luckily I had a really good um, training program that you, you know, have the jobs to kind of back it up. And as a result, I still bounce back and forth. I think that's what's allowed me to go back and forth between theater, film, and television Um, and, you know, give me some longevity in the industry so that I know it was really important not to be, uh, you know, a flash in the pan. I wanted a, a career rather than, you know, burning really bright and kind of fading away right right
0: okay well let's talk about your breakthrough role on the drama third watch where you portrayed the character of carlos Nieto, a paramedic for the fdny what can you share with us about your experience playing the character for six years and what kind of preparation did you undergo for this role
1: Third Watch is, 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 is still is to this day, you know, held up as a really amazing um, realistic look at kind of what goes on before third uh, before Third Watch. Um, they weren't really portraying all three um, fields in the same show. Mm-hmm. You know, cops, paramedics, and firemen. For us, we um, and again, John Wells and Chris Tulak and all those guys, groundbreakers. Uh, they had just come off of the ER. Um, you know, we rode along with the paramedics in Harlem and Brooklyn, and, you know, we just got an all-access pass to their daily life. We rode around with them for about a week and a week and a half every day and, you know, just kind of saw what their what their job is like. These guys are basically walking into... Everyone's worst nightmare. You know, they're first responders, and you know, since then, I think the public is really, with nine eleven and Boston, and it's just continually people see uh, now more than ever before how important these people's jobs are, um, and I think that's why it's also, you know, there'll always be a medical show on TV. There'll always be a, a police procedural on TV. There'll always be a, a, a law show on TV because you know these these jobs. Um, doesn't matter. Right, right.
0: Well, what would you say would be the one thing that people would be surprised about knowing about paramedics and firemen that is not brought to the forefront, but did you experience in doing all this preparation for the job?
1: Well, the first thing is some shifts, nothing happens. You know, there's, there's. We did ride-alongs. There was a time where you know we, we all took a nap in the back of the uh, ambulance for a couple of hours under a bridge because there was no calls coming in. You know, um, uh, so it's not as you know fast-paced and and you know adrenaline adrenaline-filled as as it is on TV. But at the same time, you can't show that. I mean, that's you know you have a whole of, of <laughs> napping. Uh, Interesting thing is Unless it's a crazy Emergency no one runs You know uh, Uh that was the biggest uh, Trip for us Like we we rode along with these Paramedics um, And the rule is the paramedics Don't run because if they Trip or fall or they hurt themselves Then they're they're of no use to anyone else Right so They are like slow and steady And methodical uh, they don't get wrapped up in the kind of panic of the moment. So, our first day of shooting, you know, Chris Slack yells action, and me and Michael Beach get out of the ambulance, and we're just walking. You know, and got, <laughs> Chris is like, What are you guys doing? I'm like, we're going to the scene. He's like, No, it's a car accident. You're going to jump out, grab your thing, go. I'm like, Yeah, that's not what they do. I'm like, we can't show. Them. You know, you got to, like, use their energy. So, so we, we, you know, found that a happy medium. That's, that's awesome. Now,
0: for being, you know, playing this character for six years, did you pick up all of the life-saving things, or was that just in your own life? In other words, did you learn enough? And, I, know
1: and enough to be, I, I know enough to be really dangerous. <laughs> in other words, I know enough to think I know enough, but I completely don't. Okay. I completely don't. I mean, I'll know the names of some medicine, and I'll know... I know uh, you know, what certain um drugs do, I know, you know, in theory how to intubate somebody, I know oh. in theory how to do you know, how to uh strap somebody down to a backboard or how to, you know, set up an EKG and take a pulse and um, you know, check for dilated pupils and things like that, but it, it, it it's just in practice it has it, it has no like medical bearing on <laughs> so I would be I would be incredibly dangerous to somebody if I actually tried to use the skills.
0: Okay, so everybody out there, if
1: Anthony's around and there's an emergency, don't plan on him
0: coming in and saving Correct. the day. Is that yeah. right?
1: I only play one on television.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So after third watch, you get started on numbers Criminal Minds, CSI. Then TNT Southland came calling, where you were cast in the role of Officer Lucero and reunited with executive producer Christopher Chulak from Third Watch. Have you noticed a difference in his technique between the the two series? Is there any difference uh, being on that set for Third Watch and being on that set for Southland? Is there any real
1: difference? It, there's a huge difference. I mean, both are similar in their, uh, both are similar. Um, but, you know, Chris and John um, were working on things on Third Watch that I saw on Southland, but distilled and perfected. So they really mm. kind of cut the fat and trimmed, you know, it and really kind of distilled it down to an incredibly pure form of. Of what we were doing on on third watch, you know i mean southland on some levels is a is smaller than third watch but also bigger than third watch so it it's it's really interesting they you know they have a really unique way of, of shooting you know i I kind of call it um method filmmaking um, but I definitely saw a growth. And definitely saw um, a distilling down of the process from Third Watch to, to Southland. And Southland, it's just a mean, mean, mean show. It's 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 nothing but you know, it's it's just distilled down to everything that's necessary. It's everything that's not is gone. And you know, as a result, we have massive days that are shot really well. Really fast, and you've got a, a bunch of amazing actors who, you know, just lay it down every single time, and you know, uh, call it a day. Like it's 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 a really amazing show to shoot. Okay, absolutely.
0: Now, do you on Third Watch, going back to Third Watch, do you keep in contact with any of the cops or anybody that you worked with um, on Third Watch?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm best best friends with Michael Beach, who played, you know, Doc Parker, my my partner on the show. Um, Kobe Bell uh, is one of my best friends. I still see Tia. I still see um, Skip. I still see um, Amy Carlson. Um, So, yeah, uh, I still see Kim, um, Bobby. I mean, we... We've all talked about it after the fact that we were, we will always, I mean, not just the actors, but the the crew, the producers, you know, everyone looks back on that time with incredible fond memories um, as a kind of special place in time that will never kind of come around again. You know, it was a family. Like, you you think about it, six years is longer than you go to college with somebody. And, right, you know you might still be best friends with some of the guys you went to college with, or whatnot. and this is you know longer than that, and so we've watched each other get married we've watched each other have children we've watched you know uh through that time and and we're just we're a family you know it was a, it was it was a one you know one really big family in a in a very specific moment in time we went through nine eleven together um we went through everything that was happening in New York at the time together, so it's just a really special time.
0: Absolutely, I'm married
1: to the woman who play, uh, to Yvonne Young, who plays, um, who played Holly game on Third Watch. We actually got oh, married on the show. You know, so we have two sets of wedding pictures in our house. We have, you know, our wedding pictures from Third Watch and our wedding picture, our real wedding pictures. So that's neat. Yeah. It's really magical. There's a lot of magical things that happened on that show.
0: That's, that's awesome. Now, now for your role in Southland um, and the training as an officer, in order to portray, like, a cop in that character as accurately as possible, did you do drive along with the cops? And what was the difference between playing... Was it hard to play a paramedic and then a cop? I mean, two totally different
1: kind
0: of sides of the
1: fence. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, you know, everyone on Southland other than me had already had been on the show for you right. know, four seasons, so they had, they had done a ton of research and, and writing along. Um, you know, I had to kind of play catch-up, but luckily I had, you know years under my belt of, you know, playing detectives or, paramedic, you know, people in in that realm. Um, but I, I did do uh, a couple of days with uh, Mario Cortez, who is the technical advisor in Southland, and basically, you know, took me through as much training as possible um, before my first day of shooting. Um, but it still doesn't prepare you for... For you know what you are confronted with on your first day, like you know, we all use real bulletproof vests. All of the gear that we use is authentic and real. So you know, you step into your uniform with the bulletproof vest, and then the you know, kind of fifteen pounds of 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 GAC and gear. You know, the taser, uh, side arm, the sidearm, the baton, the handcuffs, the extra rounds. You know. Your tactical boots The whole thing, and, and And uh, You know you, you kind of At least I have like A bit of a panic attack Of like You know You're You're, you're It's It's overwhelming Um yeah. But It's great Like it, it You feel Armored up You feel Like a different person You feel mm-hmm. Like you're on the job You You understand The authority You kind of start Feeling that Um and Southland is shot in a very specific way, where they train you as much as possible um If you have any questions, you work it over with a technical advisor. But once the cameras start rolling, you know they let you do your thing. We don't use marks; they have you know three cameras running at the same time um, mm-hmm. you know if there's a guy screaming. Uh, in your face and getting in your space You know you have to deal with it uh, How a cop would deal with it And they let things run like that So you've got your script as your backbone But they're They're encouraging that You play it as is You play it real So if You know somebody's resisting arrest Even though they're scripted to To not resist arrest Then you've got to deal with that And as a result you get a very real show, you know, it feels very authentic and it feels, it feels real because we keep it just out of control enough where it's in control, but out of control.
0: Right. Right. Well, I have to say that your performance in the episode of chaos, which was based on the onion field incident with you being, with you saying that how they film it, like you said, you can go to the technical, you know, director, the technical person and, you know, work with them, but once the cameras start rolling. So this is even more of a reason that you and uh, Michael Cudlitz should have an Emmy for the work that you did on that episode because it was it was so heart-pounding and riveting, and it, like, it brings you to your knees as a viewer because the emotion is there, that the officer experience and you feel everything. Did you did you realize that this episode would be as gripping as it turned out to be? I mean as as powerful and as
1: just mind blowing. Yeah, um no, we didn't we didn't think that at the time and we knew that it was a we knew that it was one of those episodes that is not like the others. You know, we knew that the subject matter, we had to, you know, pay homage to the subject matter and and treat it with respect. We knew that, you know, anytime you're doing, we take it very seriously, so anytime you're doing a, an episode where an officer goes down, you know, it's handled, you know, much differently than your run-of-the-mill episode. Um, but for the 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 whirlwind of response and kind of flood of, of of um, sentiment for the episode, we were thoroughly not prepared for that. I mean, it was it was amazing. I mean, the Southland has the best fan base, amazing people um, who you know bleed for the show, and um, the outpouring was 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 amazing. I mean, you know, Cublets and I. We're just getting bombarded on Twitter and Facebook, and our phones were, you know, going crazy. At some point we just we had talked the day after, and we both said, "Yeah, we just turned off our phones because it was getting too, it was getting too nuts." But you know, I don't think we were prepared for that. Um, but very, you know, humbled by the fact that um, people have such an amazing, you know, have have a response to to the episode. It just feels like. You know, when I signed on to be an actor, those are the moments that, you know, you'll remember and treasure. Like, that's why you do it. That's why you Mm -hmm. do it, you know. Um, So I'm just really happy that we captured it on film, you know. And I don't know if one can do it ever again, um, but that's the the genius of film is that, you know, you lay it all out uh, on the dance floor and you capture it and it's forever there, so... That's 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 pretty amazing.
0: Has there been any um, kind of like reaction to chaos that really stands out about like that just blew your mind about somebody saying something about your performance? Can you
1: share with us? Yeah, I've had I've had so many of them actually, not just one in particular. I've had so many just complete strangers um, posting on Facebook, um, or tweeting or, or, you know, just saying like it changed my perspective. You know, Mm -hmm. I, it wasn't television. It transcended, you know, Mm -hmm. anything that I've seen on TV because it was so raw and honest and, and, you know, um, so I just got a lot of really amazing feedback, which, you know, i try to reach out back to everybody and and thank them, you know, for the kind words. And, you know, there's tons of posts and letters and stuff that I'll keep for a rainy day when I'm feeling bad about what I do, and I'll just, like, read them and be like, wow, that's great. Um, You know, it's kind of uh, encouragement. And then my mom, like, you know, I didn't tell her that my character, what was happening to my character because I wanted her to be surprised. I didn't realize it was going to be as and yeah. graphic as, as it was, but, right. you know, I got a call from her just needing to hear my voice and she, you know, couldn't stop shaking and crying for like, you know, like a week and a half, two weeks because, you know, you don't realize it, but those images and, and oh, yeah. um, are graphic. You know, they're very real and to see somebody kind of, the, you know, your loved one on top of, you know, it just being... Uh, an actor and a and a and a story that you're kind of engaged in but now you're, you know, kind of watching your loved one kind of go through that as a whole other experience and you know, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for that. I felt really bad. Um, <laughs> uh
0: well speaking of that, um we did have a fan who asked was there any specific a thing that you and Michael did to prepare mentally and emotionally for some of the scenes they they filmed in Chaos, and did you do anything after filming the scenes to help with the process?
1: Yeah, we we a lot of the preparation was done in the hands of Chulat Chris Chulat, who's directed the episode and is one of the executive producers. Um, he made the call early on. Um, that we'd shoot it in sequence, so uh, that really helped. Um, yeah. Usually, we shoot out of sequence to, you know, depending on what's an your camera move or, or lighting setup or whatnot. But, um, but because he shot it in sequence, we were able to build on every emotional beat, uh, almost like a play, and just kind of do it from start to finish. Um, the other thing is, you know he wanted when we were stripped that we still looked like we were in uniform. And one of the things he chose were all white, which allowed us Mm -hmm. to kind of be the canvas for the brutality that would escalate. So we start a little dirty and sweaty and then, you know, a little more sweat and dirt and then blood and then more blood and then water and then more blood. And, you know, so it just... I think visually, it also told, you know, told the story. Um, we shot in the desert, you know, about two hours outside of Los Angeles, um, in a real location. Uh, so, you know, all of these things to his credit just allowed me and Michael to kind of inhabit it and and go for it. So, you know, we didn't have to work so hard at kind of, you know, being there. Two guys who played, the meth addicts were amazing. Um, um, So, you know, their threats and their kind of chiding and prodding, you know, you just had to just be there and and react and just kind of try to house it. I mean, there are ugly places. It's an ugly place to go. And... You know, but as I said before, it's like once you get in the can, you don't have to revisit it. So, you know, me and Michael knew that we would just leave everything out there. We purposely didn't rehearse a lot so that we could save, you know, what we had uh, in the tank for for those, you know, for those moments when we needed them. Um, and you know, the history between me and Michael was, you know, a great wellspring to. Draw from We had spent The whole season Together Um You know Kind of Uh Getting to know Each other I had worked With Michael Before So we knew That we were Going to have A really good time But you know We became Really good friends On the show Um Both our characters And as You know Actors So You know All of those things Of holding on To each other And gripping each other And kind of Locking into each other Um you know, we, we were able to draw upon because it, it really existed with us. So um and as far as as far as what we did after, you know, I think both of us were mostly just nursing bruises and kinks in our necks and and scrapes.
0: I would imagine that because of the kind of performance that you and Michael did, that it would be almost like you felt like you were personally going through it.
1: Yeah, it took it took a, it took some time to just kind of like settle down after it. Um, you know, but as, as as you work in the industry you kind of understand how to like turn it on and turn it off, you know. Just like um, you know, uh a police officer would, uh, or a paramedic would, you know, if they showed up to a really bad scene of the crime that just sticks with you. It's like you have to be able to separate um, and compartmentalize everything. So, you know, emotionally, I think we were okay. Like everything was all right. And, um, but then, but then watching the episode, like actually sitting down and watching it, then it brought mm-hmm. it all back again, you know, so it was a kind of double roller coaster. Sure, Um, And then dealing with, you know, everyone's reaction to it, you know, was a whole other thing. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, I'll definitely remember the whole process. You know, there's a handful of things that you'll remember throughout your career, and that'll definitely be one of them. Okay.
0: Okay. So let's switch gears a little bit. Let's go to your new Cinemax series, Banshee, from Mm -hmm. True Blood, Alan Ball, and we know True Blood is kind of out there, and it houses Greg McCain. What can you tell us about your character and the experience with, like, a series like this, and how is it different than the series you have worked on? I mean, was was it a diabolical, like, difference between... You know, Third Watch and Southland And then Banshee,
1: it's like all on its own Well, Banshee's a whole Other, you know, kind of beast Um, I'm actually really, I mean, I've been really Lucky and also really happy to be You know, I knew That I was, I knew, I did Banshee's first season And then while we were off, I was able to do The fifth season of Southland and then knew I was coming back to Banshee um, As a regular for the For the second season of Banshee Um, And I was just really happy because They're both like They're both intense shows They're both the types of shows that You know, I am proud to be associated with You know Um, Banshee for a a whole other set season Than Southland, But Banshee (laughs) is Is, you know It's like uber violent Uber sex Uber, you know, kind of twisted, quirky um, right. town. And and you know, I've always described it as kind of the cross between Twin Peaks, Roadhouse and rise Dogs. You know, it's oh. very, very stylized. It's like highly kind of um noir esque, um a mm-hmm. little comic uh book thrown in there, but incredibly well written with you beat rich twisted characters, um, all kind of, um, in, um, all kind of in the tapestry of this small town in Pennsylvania. Um, so the town has secrets and it, it's just it's this kind of never ending unfolding kind of drama. So, um, um, kind of world, um, but it's it, and it's again it's it's a it's a really fun show to shoot, you know I was joking after the first season, you know we shot a scene where you know a head gets delivered to my front door in a paper bag, and I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> you know this is like the fun stuff you get to shoot you know i in on some respects, it's so much funner to shoot stuff like that than you know uh a lawyer who's just kind of giving uh, random facts about something, you know, it's just, it's like popped out and out there. And I love that about the show.
0: Right. Right. Well, I know that
1: you've been away from your
0: family, you know, filming this stuff. How is that? uh, How do you handle that as a, you know, a husband and a father to be away from your family like that filming?
1: It's hard. I mean, it's incredibly difficult. I mean, the on the positive side, when I'm home, I'm home twenty four seven. You know, I'm oh, I'm, I'm there like solidly, and when I'm gone, I'm gone. You know, for chunks of time. Um, um, and it, it's it's a gypsy lifestyle, no doubt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, to some extent, you know, I kind of went through it with with my father. Um, who was a musician Who would travel a lot And go on tour And I You know A lot of times i go with him And some of the times I wouldn't So I'd understand him being away For months at a time um, You know We try to set a rule That I'm never gone You know Longer than You know Three weeks um, To make sure that we You know Click back in um, But yeah It's difficult on It's difficult on On everybody it's, It really is You know it's 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 a good problem to have. You know, I always remind myself that, and I always, we're always, like, lucky, you know. I always count myself lucky to be working, and and I'm humbled humbled by it. But, uh, you know, no doubt it's it's tough. You know, I had to do a series in Vancouver called Traveler for six months, you know, when my daughter was, Three months old, you know.
0: Ooh.
1: You know, I saw her, and then the next time I, she was like, you know, laying. Uh, you'd like you put her down, and she would lay there. And the next time I saw her, she's crawling. So I completely missed that whole pocket. And I was like, it's hard. It's really, it's, it's really hard. But you know, we all have to do what we have to do in order to, to move on. Absolutely.
0: Well, we want to thank you for being with us. Um, this has been an amazing interview and inside look. I would love personally to have you and Michael Cutlitz on and kind of open it up to the fans to kind of talk about the the gripping um, uh, episode because it was so incredibly riveting and literally you felt it from the tips of your toes to the top of your head, Um, every viewer felt the emotions of the officers and knew exactly what was going on with them. And that is that you can't get unless you have very, very talented actors.
1: I really appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, you know, as I said, Southland fans um, are the best. Really, they are. They're, they're really amazing, good people um, who are who are loyal and and completely behind the show. So I re- I also hope you know uh, that Southland you know gets to season six and that they keep going and you know so I'm I'm pushing for that as well. You know, I won't mm-hmm. be a part of it, but um, you know they're amazing people. So I wish all of them the best. Oh,
0: that's that's wonderful. Well, thank you very much for um, spending this time with us. Uh, Again, uh, Anthony is um, a regular on Banshee, on Cinemax, and you can catch
1: him uh, every, is it Sunday night, Monday night? When is it? What, Banshee? Yes. Banshee will, the second season will air, will start airing in January on Cinemax. January on Cinemax. Friday night, yeah. Friday Friday night. Wonderful, wonderful. Um the and and check check this out. I'm the voice of Batman. How cool is that? Oh thank you. The new Warner Brothers the new Warner Brothers um D C Nation cartoon network, um, Beware the Batman. That's gonna be coming out in July. I think July. Oh,
0: that's wonderful. Wow. You heard yeah, you heard it, it here first. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um anyway uh uh let me close out the show and um if you will just hang on the line for a second we'll um we'll say goodbyes if you can All right. can you um okay, well, thank you everyone for joining us um for uh, everyone here. have a great night, and we'll talk to you soon.